0: Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours, and we have a huge show for you today. A huge interview, a huge announcement, and it's Colour Rush Night. We'll preview all of the Week 9 games and get through all of your texts and tweets as well. Text, we've never done text before. No idea what we're talking about. This is the Gridiron Show. Uh, I yeah I don't know what happened there with the text tweets emails and tweets because we have had emails in for the first time ever so we'll get on to all of that a little bit later on will gavin and Ollie hunter I'm here in the usual studio Ollie hunter has got so offended at me coughing in his face on a repeated basis that he's doing the show from the other side of london
1: yes yes I am indeed yes um, but it didn't stop me from air drumming and air guitaring, a bit like a mental uh, <laughs> <laughs> to to the to the music is that so. is that acceptable uh, a bit like a crazy. So, Ollie, if you get worried about it, edit it.
0: Uh, how's your week been, or should I say, to the bank?
1: Uh, <laughs> to the bank. If I say, uh, yeah, my week's been good. I'm still growing my beard uh, because on Saturday, and it's good that we're doing the podcast now because on Saturday
0: I'm going to be in a film. Ooh, do tell. Yeah, um, This isn't the big announcement, I just want to point that out, because we've got lots to get onto today. This is the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours, and it's a Sports Travel Tours-related announcement coming up in a couple of moments' time. But Ollie, the Hollywood star!
1: I tell me all! I wouldn't say Hollywood star, but it's a British production. Uh, it's a feature film. Yes. Dreams of Hollywood. <laughs> Dreams of Hollywood. Bursting across the podcast. I've, uh, I didn't have to read for the part, which was uh, which was wonderful. Was it that of a homeless man? It's basically that of an of a homeless explorer. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, a hor- it's a horror movie. I get killed. Uh, Excellent. And it w- does have a cinema release, I believe.
0: There's hashtag spoiler alert! But I would have guessed you got killed. You don't strike me as a final female type.
1: There is no way I'm a final female type.
0: <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Well, as I say, there's so much to cram into today's show. We're going to look forward to all all of the week 10 games uh we've also got the thursday night game we'll do a review of that and we've got a massive interview with none other than someone of the carolina panthers is that because you haven't done it yet no yeah the reason the reason (laughs) i say it like that basically uh we've got an interview set up for tomorrow with josh norman superstar cornerback of the carolina panthers he's so Uh, in right now he's so hot right now but the problem is he's so hot right now that they basically said to me look we're going to do our very best to get you on the phone with josh but we can't absolutely 100% guarantee it because during our limited media availability post-practice, he's meant to be doing the podium, he's meant to be doing this, that and the other. You are a priority, but not the number one priority. So uh, it may be that we don't speak to Josh, we may speak to Thomas Davis, we may may speak to... Oh, rubbish. uh, (laughs) Josh Josh Norman or nothing. (laughs) Thomas Davis who? (laughs) That's a disgrace.
1: Don't they know who
0: we are? Thomas Davis Senior i think you'll find uh, oh that guy no, thomas davis who uh thomas davis we may get luke Keekley, we may get k1 short luke they've, keekly they've he given can us, nap off you shut up ollie hunter he's they've given us a whole backup list of players so we're going to be speaking with a, a, t- a player from a team who are as my buzz phrase appeared to be when i went back and edited the last show halfway to perfection And I'm going to ask them about that in that exact way. Oh, don't say that. (laughs) Please don't. Uh, So that's going to be coming up in a very short while. And the big announcement in relation to sports travel tours, uh, sports travel for sports fans, by sports fans, uh, is that, of course, we trailed it on this podcast for a long time that if you subscribed to gridiron magazine which you can still do at gridiron-magazine.com prior to the 1st of november you would be entered into a competition to win tickets to either the afc or nfc championship game and not just tickets flights accommodation and experience on the day so tailgating etc as well what a prize ollie hunter that's a marvelous prize that literally worth thousands of pounds yeah maybe maybe a a thousand well for two tickets and two flights yes thousands of pounds literally thousands of pounds so the exciting thing is the announcement is is that live on monday night slash tuesday morning show we're going to be calling up the winner of this competition on the podcast to tell them that they have won tickets to the AFC or NFC Championship game. Get to France. And uh, the big thing is, is uh, if, you're, if you have entered into this, make sure you are by your phone on Monday evening. That's the first thing. Ollie, can you record on Monday? Yep. Excellent. On Monday evening, make sure you're by your phone so we can call you. Uh, you don't Initially, it's it's not a choice of the AFC or NFC Championship game. What we're going to do is, um, when we've got to the divisional round weekend, and it's clear who the teams could be you're going to, we will work out what the best travel options are for you, for sports travel tours, where you'll get the best experience in terms of tailgating, etc. So it's not locked in. It's basically going to be what's going to give you the very best possible weekend, which is the best game, which is the best stadium experience, which is the best city to be in, and then we'll pick that one and you'll go to that game wow incredible this is incredible stuff so andrew's going to join us on the phone as well from sportstraveltours.com it's going to be brilliant i can't wait i didn't think it would be that good but it really will be that good (laughs) yeah i'm not not lying buddy uh so yeah keep getting in touch with us in all the usual places at gridiron uh, on twitter gridiron-magazine.com get on there and do your predictor game if you've not done it for this weekend some people have been doing so badly recently that you can still probably win even if you didn't put the first day night game in and have your chance to win a new era hat uh, and if you win the whole season overall at the moment i still think it's the same person in the lead although i'm back just four games i could win the overall prize
1: i have to say by the way <coughs> um yeah. if you do win the league you will win the hat uh, <laughs> that's only if you vote if you get your votes in it doesn't it's not retrospective winning of hats
0: it, it doesn't matter if you've uh, said it on a you know well respected and well-loved podcast all this podcast <laughs> and then uh, later had the entries uh, done in a data entry style by the other presenter from the podcast i really need a slurp of my tea ollie talk for a second
1: no i just wanted to hear you slurp your tea <laughs> you're a prick
0: <laughs> <laughs> right so uh loads to get on to we'll talk thursday night in a minute i figured we put out some I, I said it last week we didn't put out a tweet early enough so we didn't get enough questions in uh so i put out some tweets earlier and we got quite a few texts and tweets back to us so let's go through a few things now before we get onto the games uh starting off with uh, this is one for you ollie Okay. Uh, Chris has tweeted to say my enjoyment of the podcast would be massively improved. I mean, by probably a lot of factors, but specifically by at Will Gav, my Twitter handle, learning when to use less and when to use fewer oh my
1: enjoyment of the podcast recording
0: it would be improved by that <laughs> now i uh, i know my grammar is terrible it's always been terrible i get stick from sherry and from liam blackburn for it whenever i write pieces for the magazine i get stick for it whenever is that why I, you don't write pieces for I, the magazine <laughs> no? basically yes uh, i get stick for it i like write uh, interviews up and then they have to spend hours sub-editing them so uh, <laughs> the it's why i don't i get in trouble whenever i tweet putting capitals in the wrong place and writing things at the wrong time and whatever else it is so my grammar is genuinely terrible i know that so ollie you need to be correcting me okay if i say the wrong thing pull me up no i don't like doing that
1: i if it, i had to do that for six years with a brazilian portuguese speaking wife <laughs> i had to do that all the time you didn't have to did you i did she asked me maybe it's because you
0: felt you had to ollie but, i want um... to improve
1: my english <laughs> that's a terrible impression
0: but i love it uh so if i say less or if you're in the wrong place please pull me up on it i would say play a little sound effect in or something you know uh, a, a little bit of i
2: think it was bs
0: but uh we you're not in the same studio as me so i have control over everything uh bobby tweets and this is in relation to we talked about um on last week's show the fact that i put sweet corn in my chili con carne <laughs> now there's never been ever you're a bastard there's never ever (laughs) in terms of reaction to nonsense we've done on the show uh very few things have elicited a reaction more than the football talk but this week we had two things particularly in a illicit reaction it was our discussion of lamarcus joiner and the teddy bridgewater hit which generally people were very positive on we have had it confirmed just in the last hour or so that lamarcus joiner is going to be fined twenty three thousand one hundred and fifty two dollars to be precise where does that money go though? who knows but won't receive a You never know where the money um, goes on these fines but there was first of all disgust. And then some people tried it and were on board with the sweet corn. They loved the idea, and it's brought us the idea about of maybe, for the playoffs, I think, rather than doing it in the regular season, doing a weekly, we cook something tailgate-related, bring it into the studio and do a little recipe, taste test, uh, recommender thing. Oh, I quite like that. Tailgate-related, though, I think is limiting us. Well, it needs to be something American football-related, otherwise we're just turning our podcast into a cookery show. (laughs)
1: yeah good point okay all right all right tailgate related fine or any kind of
0: any kind of food and on this very thought bobby has tweeted us and this is a little specific but i'll answer it where's the best place to get a curry in london uh tooting where i live there's three amazing curry houses in tooting which if you go to the timeout list of best curries in london three of the top five are all within a 10 minute walk of my house you wonder why i'm a fat bastard (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so depending on the type of curry you want i'll tweet you bobby but just saying tooting that's all i'm saying for now and simon davis tweeted us and this is a disgrace just saying tortilla or frittata what's frittata Frittata somewhere between a quiche and an omelette. Oh, get out of town. It's almost like a quiche. You do. It's like an egg-based thing. You do it in a pan, but you almost it kind of solidifies. It's kind of, it's uh, a bit a bit more than an omelette, but a bit less it, than a quiche. Is it Spanish? It is Spanish. I had I you had, generally had frittata. a potato in it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a frittata when I went to see Athletic Bilbao versus Real Sociedad. <laughs> that because I turned up with no food and they realised I was English and had no food. They gave me some of their frittata. And it was it was really nice but no all day long tortilla
0: well said sir well said uh, the other thing we got a lot of twitter action about this week outside of the games was the new bbc highlights show uh, oh, it was man. on uh, tuesday night wednesday morning or wednesday night thursday morning one of those two um and it was uh, mark chapman i refuse to call him by his nickname it makes him sound like he's on a 90s stag do uh, ocu manure and uh, josh bell and uh, you know oh, it, that was that, who that guy it, was <laughs> it was good Uh, It was the format was a little close to what they do with football, but I guess that's what the BBC do well. But Osi is unbelievably good. Get him on the weekly Sky coverage right now. Energy, good analysis. He's funny. I just loved it. So he elevated it. Plus the way they did the kind of match of the day style, you get one one of the better matches. Uh, very extended highlights of Or two of the matches Very extended mm-hmm. highlights of And then shorter highlights Of the other ones I think that worked Really well as well And overall It's a big thumbs up It's still on iPlayer You can go and watch it It's worth doing each week For a little midweek Refresher maybe
1: Yeah I'd agree I really I really liked uh, Ozzy Manura. I thought it was fantastic The one thing I didn't like Was the final score style uh, Boxing of their analysis it, it kind of That kind of Was a little bit clunky In and out of a full screen Um, But other than that, I I really, really liked it.
0: Good. Good. So, uh, let's get to Thursday night football. And not only is it a great game tonight, the Bills travelling to the Jets. Just remind me who you took earlier in the week, Ollie, and you have on the Gridiron Predicts game at gridiron-magazine.com. I have gone for the Jets. I, too, have picked the Jets. But most most importantly, this might be a divisional game. It might decide that one of these teams definitely aren't going to the playoffs. Well, it might decide the Bills definitely aren't going to the playoffs. (laughs) But more importantly... uh it is the first ever color rush game <laughs> <laughs> um, how did that sound uh, down the line weird cool. at all uh, <laughs> it's uh yeah it's the first ever color rush game we've tweeted about this a lot we have talked about this a lot uh i don't know what they're going to look like yet so i'll do a little review of them but have you seen the jags and the titans oh my god <laughs> the jags the jags is awful (laughs) i tweeted earlier i think blake Bortles in that full gold kit looks like a really shit halloween costume version of an oscar statue yeah okay or he looks like a a giant bullet <laughs> okay, or the the gold and the blue together—it's like a very Kirk and Spock thing as well. Oh, That's yeah, the other thing that really I, is. I put on Twitter. Oh, it's like it's like one Star the Trek. Nerds, Star Trek: The Crap Generation. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> uh, so oh, uh, yeah, dear. that's definitely worth it. go at Gridiron. We've tweeted that out. Check that out online. So let's um, go to me talking about this compelling game of Thursday night football. Sorry, this is a slightly weird way for me to be recording, but uh, unfortunately, due to technical difficulties, I'm doing this on my phone at home when I got back. So I'll keep this quite brief. It's quite a long show already, particularly with our fantastic interview coming up in a short while. Shh, it's Josh Norman. Don't tell anyone. Uh, let's have a quick look at Thursday Night Football in the Rex Revenge Bowl game or the colorblind and you won't know what's going on game. Honestly, there were colorblind people on Twitter saying that they had to look at the logos on the helmets, otherwise they had no idea... Who was who? Rex Ryan's return to the Meadowlands, as I say, was a successful one. The Buffalo defense shut down Ryan's former team for much of Thursday night, and the Bills scored on offense and special teams in a 22 17 victory. Duke Williams fumbled a kickoff return, 19 yards for the go ahead point. Uh, rookie Carlos Williams had a 26 yard touchdown pass, lovely ball over the top uh, from Tyrod Taylor. H- him being back for the Bills is going to be a massive boon. And Dan Carpenter kicked three, three field goals as Buffalo moved to 5 and 4 and into the World Cup playoff picture. Well, the Jets have lost three of their last four games and now that they've lost to uh, teams that are uh, the Raiders and now they've lost to the Bills teams who are also in the wildcard race that puts them in a real difficult position for making the playoffs after such a strong start to the season Uh, just my quick takeaways from this game then first of all Rex Ryan on the sidelines uh, maybe could have chilled out a little bit I don't know if you realised he used to coach there uh, funnily enough so there's a lot of talk about that his uh, celebration at the final whistle were uh, something to behold, well worth going and checking out online. He defended the decision to make IK in Kampali as captain me and Ollie will talk about that in a minute because I forgot to ask him before this roundup um, but, but otherwise it was uh, it, it, it was an all round decent performance the big thing for me is that the Bills ran the ball really well you see on that final drive when the Jets uh, failed on uh, the fourth uh, goal and then were forced to uh, um, they, they were they'd already used, they used their three timeouts Tyra Taylor got a big completion to Sammy Watkins, who overall on the night had a tough night up against uh, Darrell Revis. That was a hell of a matchup for us to watch, and we thoroughly enjoyed it. But LeSean McCoy got 31 yards on that final drive. He managed to get the first down twice, and that killed off the game. From the Jets the ball, Gailey has been uh, fantastic for them this year, but didn't quite manage it last night. And whilst uh, Chris Ivory did really well on his... his um, uh, <clears throat> and whilst Chris Ivory had his best game in four weeks he didn't get a score like he has been doing recently but he got more yards more yards per carry than he has in any other game reliant on a couple of touchdown passes the one to wear a Decker excellent ball over the middle and the Brandon Marshall one hilariously he tugged on Ryan Fitzpatrick beard I desperately hope that that becomes a new like beard of luck like uh, k- kissing Fabian Barthez's head in the France 98 World Cup if you don't get that reference you're probably too young to be uh, to be my friend so <laughs> um, all in all uh, the, main, the biggest problem for the Jets was uh, missing chances uh, a throw to the tight end right at the death of the game and the lack of, lack of tight end play overall was absolutely shocking but they just missed passes in big areas they didn't go for a field goal uh, on fourth down earlier in the game when I think they were 11 points behind not 11 they were 12 points behind which is why going for the field goal didn't make a huge amount of sense because they didn't get them within a, a single score but they gone for that field goal then at the end of the game they could have gone for a field goal instead of being forced to go for it on fourth down uh, th- that made a huge difference for them. Um, and also the f- uh, the fact that uh, they just were not unable to convert on, on several of those drives. All in all, the Bills were the better team. It looked like a tight game than it was. And the game ended with a Bakari Rambo pick, which makes me happy at all times. The second best named player in the league after Barcavius Mingo. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed Thursday Night Football. Now back to the podcast. Lots of great stuff in here and our fantastic interview coming up with Josh Norman, the cornerback from the Carolina Panthers. Enjoy. <laughs> So there it was Thursday night football. Bills, Jets. I almost got that wrong then and said the Jags, but I didn't. So let's all be pleased about it. Uh, Yay! But, <laughs> uh, and uh, on on the point, actually, I meant to actually ask you this before we went into the Thursday night review. So maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll ask you off the back. E K Impanala yala, yala, Sorry, E K Enim Kapali. Yeah, that was perfect. Is the was it? Yeah, amazing. Is the team captain for tonight's games? And I was wondering what you thought. Um, bit of a dick move from Rex, isn't it, but... Apparently he does it for, like, every game, though. Well, every game that he has a player that's related to the opposition. And
1: he was always going to do it. I mean... It reminds me of a certain former member of this podcast, something he would do. (laughs) Or of the old show, sorry. I
0: think the thing is, is, and uh, this was eloquently put by Matthew Berry on the um, Fancy Focus podcast, is that he's doing what Jeff Fisher did when Jeff Fisher rolled out all of the draft picks they picked up with the RG3 trade as their captains when the Rams played Washington. But the difference being that... What what did washington ever do to the rams they just gave them a load of high picks in yeah. order to get a player they didn't sack them they didn't sack them and then pick up a bunch of players that he really would have liked on the team when he was the coach there he didn't do anything there's no bitterness there he just did it that was a proper dick move what rex is doing i kind of feel is justified
1: i think it's all right really i mean all he did was punch Juno in the face it'd be great we've all thought about it yeah we've all thought about doing it so <laughs> <laughs> but it will be uh, yeah I, I think it's it's a bit of a dick move but i don't really care enough uh, sorry mate I, I know you want something better from me i can't give it you
0: fair enough that's fine uh, we also got somebody who was requesting side Day has tweeted is there a longer version of the fitz magic drop i'm sure you've played it but maybe it was just a seriously mental dream there's a full song It's like a two-minute-long song. I'm going to play it underneath us now while we're talking. Um, We put it on the end of a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I'll tell you what we'll do. If Fitzmagic has an amazing game tonight and the Jets win and he throws three Three. touchdowns, we will end the podcast with the Fitzmagic song in full. Agreed? Yeah, agreed excellent this is uh, what i really enjoy when we do these shows in different studios ollie is the live in pod show planning that we end up doing so. <laughs> isn't it great it's just wonderful uh so our panthers uh our panthers interview coming up momentarily uh, there is some bi-week teams uh, on week 10 atlanta indianapolis san diego san francisco quite a few of them have had a bit of news this week i thought we could touch on some of that before we move on and, and talk about the weekend games and specifically the panthers uh first of all for the colts andrew luck is going to be out for two to six weeks with a laceration. Kidney. Classic moment of we finish recording the podcast and that news comes out about an hour later. Uh, We found out that the Colts have claimed Charlie Whitehurst, clipboard Jesus,
1: is back
0: in the league off waivers. Uh, He was cut from the Titans early this week in order to allow room for Fat David Cobb uh, onto their 53-man roster. Um, Chaz Whitehurst, who had good... He played... Started seven games for the Titans last season. Completed... 101 for 105 for uh, for 1326 yards, seven touchdowns, just two interceptions. So actually, I remember he had that really good stretch uh, under centre for for the Titans last year. But basically, it's just we need a clipboard holder behind our clipboard holder because our number one guy is uh, suffering big time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, uh, yeah, okay, I mean, uh, Hasselbank will be in, um, and and everyone knows that, but just in case he goes down, uh, Whitehurst is a good enough guy to to have backing up the backup.
0: We're going to be talking about the Titans in a minute when we talk about the Panthers, but uh, the the big question this raises, I guess, is can any of the other teams win the AFC South now? Do you think the Colts with Hasselbeck, considering he came in, played very well, but played very well against uh, mediocre teams... Do you think he can go on a run here with Andrew Luck out of the team and still take the Colts to the division title? I mean, the the thing that you've got in his favour for that to actually happen is that he
1: does have two wins under under his belt. He does know the offence. He does know the coaches. Charlie Whitehurst doesn't. Um, So he does have all of that in his locker. The fact that the Colts haven't been playing great, regardless of whether he's been in or not, Um, is a worry their only good game really was that game against Denver last week and now the man that orchestrated it is Andrew Luck and he's out so it's almost a coin flip to see how well they do the the thing that also that goes in their favour is that the rest of the AFC South really sucks. We've been saying AFC South by the way I think well, you
0: mean the no. division of disgrace. Yeah, but we had
1: we didn't we decide that it wouldn't be the division of disgrace until after this week? I think Andrew
0: Luck going out makes it the division of disgrace. Let's let's,
1: let's give it the division of
0: disgrace. Okay, from now on it will be referred to as the AFC disgrace. Excellent name. Yes, pleased with that one. Uh, um, <laughs> for San Francisco, there was some positive news, then negative news again earlier today, as it looked like uh, the insider line that Patrick Willis and Anthony Davis were both going to return next year. Uh, Anthony Davis 26 year old right tackle played at Pro Bowl level the last couple of years fantastic player uh, had concussion issues decided to quote unquote retire but always said there was a chance he'd come back Patrick Willis did retire with his turf toe uh, he was it was suggested he might come back next year Anthony Davis looks like a near definite Patrick Willis has since put the longest Instagram post I've ever seen in my life it's like an essay with a lot of emojis in it we've tweeted it from at gridiron of course uh, saying that basically he's not going to back next year. Oh, and Gabbard's starting again next week. Hooray. Ah, Do you have anything to add to any of that?
1: No, they're, they're on um they're on bye. Move on. Yeah, right. Well, I said we're talking some bye week teams. Ah, get out of it. And finally,
0: the LA <laughs> uh, the LA vote. Uh we found out that Disney CEO Bob Iger has been added to the Raiders and Chargers uh attempts to move a stadium into uh not into Inglewood, that's where the Rams want to put it in. whatever it is the Chargers and Rams want to put it, a bit south of Inglewood, I think it is. Um which makes it which suggests to me that actually I was initially dismissive of the Chargers and Raiders move. Both teams Teams Wanted a new stadium where they're Mm. currently based And we know that the Chargers are obviously having problems With home crowds this season But it's making me feel more and more like they're genuinely serious About moving to LA and doing it As a duo Well it's been announced that the the, the return to Los Angeles Which is likely to happen In 2016 The vote's now been moved back to March So they're leaving literally about Five months for a team to move It's a bit of a shocker It is a bit of a shocker but are they trying to wait and
1: see how bad San Diego are before they decide exactly to move them because losing against Chicago was was a horrendous result and 2 and 7 uh, why would the why would any
0: San Diego fans want to come back but the problem is and we'll get onto the Raiders when we preview their game but <laughs> the charges uh, uh, fine get out of the city they the fans clearly don't seem to want you there anymore they've become disoriented with the team with everything else there um disenfranchised even not disoriented although maybe they have maybe that's, maybe they've been trying to get to the stadium and not be able to find it are you saying uh, san diego uh, wants to be disenfranchised uh, <laughs> uh, well done sir well done five points to gryffindor um but the Raiders have got really good recently I'd, I'm I'd, in Ravenclaw. Much, I'd much rather they built you're a Hufflepuff and I'm I, definitely
1: I'm Ravenclaw nervous. um uh, you're Hufflepuff <laughs> if we're anyone's Hufflepuff it's you
0: yeah m- no definitely not Sarah, de- Sarah wants to be Hufflepuff weirdo um, well, that
1: explains uh, a lot mate but,
0: but the Raiders <laughs> why should pick me uh the, the Raiders uh, have looked really good this year and I'd much rather particularly as a fan of the other team in the Bay Area they stay in the Bay Area and got a new stadium I uh, just don't know if it's gonna happen I th- but there's such a bay area side you oh, can yeah, it's, it's disappointing yeah I would, stay in the bay stay in the bay hashtag come and share the stadium in santa clara it's terrible but come and share it with us the beach doesn't work but come and share it with us we get great wi-fi it's miles away but come and share it with us yeah, it's dr- not
1: really in the bay area but come and share it, it with is us it is in the bay
0: area you can get a train directly to oakland from there it just takes four hours it didn't take it took about 45 (laughs) minutes
1: 45 minutes
0: we took the train directly to oakland to go and watch the oakland days and it did take about 45 minutes you can get to colchester in 45 minutes and that's on a slow train I I would not know that you could get to Colchester in forty five minutes. Oh. You're a disgrace. Uh, right, let's move on. It's on the way to Norwich. Of we also know that. Yeah, but uh, fine. Okay, we haven't even started talking about uh the games this weekend yet, and we're already almost halfway through the podcast. So uh, let's hook up now with the eight and O Carolina Panthers, a team who have. Really surprised everyone this year, much more so than any other team. I think the Bengals people knew they were they had the potential to be a good team. And yes, we're surprised that they're undefeated. But the Panthers, a lot of people looked at the lack of weapons there. A lot of people looked at the lack of investment on the offensive line, believing that to be an issue. And actually that unit's been very strong this year. And the defence has been phenomenal. And the Panthers, what they're doing there is quite literally unbelievable if i told you at the start of the season we're going to get to week nine and the panthers are going to be eight and oh i genuinely think you wouldn't have believed me i still don't really believe you it's, <laughs> <they've been> inc- <laughs> really
1: cam's been amazing um the defense it's, the defense has been unreal uh the way that the wide receivers have stepped up jonathan stewart's been looking all right it, they've been fantastic everyone the the offensive line which had such a a, a big problem in keeping Cam from being hit last year has really come to the to the fore, and I'm so impressed with them. So impressed. And
0: and of course, most importantly, the fantastic Cam Newton has been unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the dual threat with him through the air, um, with that gun of an arm, which has now found a touch. It's found poise but also his running ability, either over the top, over, over the pack, as it were, or on the outside as well. He's a really, really good player. He's a combination of what Kaepernick was two or three years ago and kind of what, you know, Big Ben can do with,
0: with, I, with I, I think that I think that's a really good comparison, is Big Ben. But anyway, let's move on and get on the line to Charlotte and speak with our mystery player. So the chat we did get to have was with Josh Norman from the Carolina Panthers absolutely delighted that he got to join us and certainly uh this was the Panthers you have to I have to give them a huge huge thank you because uh, normally with these player interviews you get 8 10 minutes we were on the phone with Josh for over 20 minutes and we're just going to put it in here in full really really great talking to him. Uh Simon Clancy joins me on the line as well uh, because he's doing a piece on coastal and on small schools this team that uh, Josh played for and and uh before we got into kind of the official interview simon jumped straight in with the first question and it was really good fun so uh, i've left that in as well and all the great stuff he talks about here uh, especially after we've just had um, remembrance weekend remembrance day taught all this stuff about his grandfather uh just a really great conversation really enjoyed this i hope you enjoy it as much as we do so let's kick off with clancy introducing himself to josh norman
2: hey josh how are you doing
3: i'm doing fine how about you yeah i'm good thanks
2: listen first question how's delta
3: <laughs> he's doing good, man. I'm a big Hoss doing good. I was going up there and check him out today, but he's good. <laughs> Are you allowed to ride him in the season? Yeah, Is, man. Because it like
2: over here we got foot. If we have soccer players, they're not normally allowed to ride motorbikes or go skiing or do anything dangerous, just in case. So they break their <laughs> leg. Or, so I wondered if the coaches were like, you can't ride that horse in case you break your leg or.
3: So you think riding horses are dangerous? <laughs> horse? Hey, listen. I grew up. My
2: my dad worked with racehorses all his life, so I grew up around horses, and yeah. So I've seen a few. I've seen a few nasty falls. So I was just making sure you were all right.
3: Oh yeah, that
0: was um, I was good. I mean, it kind of depends how good you are on the horse, doesn't it, Josh? And uh, it sounds like Simon's not as good as you. So uh, <laughs>
3: yeah, you gotta be good. You gotta be a rider, man. You gotta ride all your life so was in a way to where. You know, you know what you're doing.
0: You me do not get hurt. Uh, our show earlier this week uh, was called Halfway to Perfection. We have a record three teams at 8-0 this year. So I think, but it's fair to say after winning the division uh, with a losing record last season, the Panthers have been the real delight, the real surprise for people today. And I'm glad to say joining us on the line, as you've just heard, is cornerback Josh Norman having a hell of a season himself. First of all, before we get into it, Josh, how are preparations coming on for the Titans this weekend? And, and Marcus Mariota, who looked so impressive against the Saints last weekend.
3: No oh, yeah, <laughs> the preparation is going for smooth, man. As well as everything else, it's just concentrating on what the coaches want from us and just trying to do that, you know, game plan to the best of, you know, our abilities and understand what they like to do in certain formation situations. I mean,
0: how would you've reacted if someone had told you at the start of the season that going into this game, you guys would be sitting at the top of the NFC with a perfect record, looking like it was going to be home field in the playoffs?
3: Yeah, it must be beyond the wildest dreams. I mean, it was no surprise, I think. You know, the guys here, we worked um, our way to the point where, you know, we had a stupid, crazy high work rate. Um, guys came in here and wanted to learn and wanted to, you know, know more of what's going on. And once we got that, you know, down pat because we was on the road last season and, you know, just carrying on from last season and then this season. And I think... Through that period, I mean, compared with the
2: other
0: teams in the same situation, there have been some really tight games in there. I think about the overtime win over the Colts, the the fourth quarter win in Seattle. Uh, You said, you know, you were on a roll at the end of last year, but what's been the difference in this team, meaning that you're coming out on top in those big spots?
3: Well, just perseverance and just that dog-like mentality, man. Just that blue-collar work ethic and just fighting all the way through, man, to the end of the whistle. They keep pounding the my toe that we, you know, like to say, and everything. We just keep pounding through our you know, any situation or adversity comes or strikes, we just push through, man. Uh, we,
0: listen, we got into a bit of a, a bar debate after the last Wembley game. Uh, we were watching the late games last weekend, and we got into a, a bit of a conversation about the most underrated head coach in the league. And after a few beers and it all shook out, I think we settled on Ron Rivera. Do you think he's been getting uh-huh. the acclaim he deserves for getting your team into this position?
3: Well, I don't think so. I think they look at him more so as a defensive minded head coach, but and um overall which he is a defensive minded coach, but at the same time he's a head coach and, and knowing that, um, I think his justice is due for what he is and what he um as a head coach and how he brings that, you know, to his teammates well not teammates but and to his players. You know, his you know, and how he brings his overall personality and himself to the players and and um we like it
0: man. We like it. I mean he's he's not really an open book necessarily with the media, but say take a situation like against the Colts where you've got to go into overtime and you've got to beat them. What's he saying to his players in that situation?
3: Well just keep piling, keep fighting through, keep scribing to you know do your job and do it to the best of your ability and just keep going and fighting through the you know, the whistle and um, let everything else take care of itself.
0: Well, I, th- I think uh, talking about yourself, Josh, if you ask most people which players have made the biggest stride since the start of the 2013 season, I think Josh Norman is a name that comes very high, if not top of people's lists. Uh, you weren't starting at the start of last year, haven't been benched in 2013. You came back for that week five game against the Bears and, and not lost, lost your place in the team since. What's, what's elevated you over that last 12 months or so? What's changed for you in the last year?
3: Well, you know, God's really truly been blessed me, man. He really has been. And I just have to be, you know, a servant to listen to his will and, and knowing that if this wasn't for me, then it wasn't. And then if it was for me, just give me strength and the ability to push through all obstacles and, you know, anything that came up that was discerning. And I think once I got that into my mindset, and you know, I just pushed through through all of the adversity that struck and started to open those doors. And once I got on the field, I to pluck. Once I was able to play, you know, people really saw what, you know, we had and we were just working towards, you know, our talent level because, you know, you can always, you know, got give us talent. But if you don't work at, you know, that rate of what your talent and blessed, you was blessed with, then, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. So that's why I was just put my head down and work. And when I got my chance, I made the best of it.
0: I mean, I think it's fair to say talent is a key word because I think people loved your, your physical ability coming out of, of Coastal and there was a lot of talk of scheme fit whether you're playing to your own strength or playing within the plays themselves what what in terms of your play in the NFL and fitting with the team and what the work you've done with Steve Wilkes has done to to elevate your play from just being talented to to kind of being dominant on that side of the ball
3: Oh yeah, because Steve Wilkes he helped me in a lot, a lot of ways just to You know, his coaching style is so much different than what I've ever had and how he brings it out of you and how he, you know, demands that, you know, preach a perfect tact technician, you know, um, just being one of those guys and just, you know, coaching us in a way where, you know, it teaches uh, our weapons for a DB is eyes, feet, hips, and hands. And and, and those weapons, every every play you're going to, you know, find yourself, coming back to the eye, feet, hips, and hands. And if you can, you know, do something where you can win in that down, it's going to take, you know, those four things to be able to win that down. And he's been stressing that and working with us all the way through. And just knowing that um, he's there and you can ask him any questions. Um, Therefore, there's nothing that I can take away from that as him being a great position coach. Josh, coming out of high school, you didn't get any, um, you didn't have any
2: uh, offers from Division One schools and you sort of, you said yourself that you sort of fell through the cracks a little bit. Does playing at a school like Coastal give you, uh, and what happened with you in terms of not getting any offers, does that give you a, a bit of a chip on your shoulder about trying to be your best in every single game because you know that... You're not playing for Alabama on national television or you're not playing for Florida State in a in a New Year's Day ball game. You have to give everything, every single game.
3: Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, man. It was like a red or blue pill for me. It was like, you know, red pill. I knew if I was going to stay here, I was going to have to be here the whole entire time. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, um, I couldn't let up. I couldn't have a bad game, man. I had to do some stuff out of the ordinary to be, you know, caught on TV or caught on, you know, just something to where somebody's radar, they know that this is a big-time guy down here that's making noise because, you know, you see the, the Division A schools, the Georgias and the Clemsons and all those guys, they um, get on TV every week. So you know those schools and you know what they bring. And so for Red Pill for me, it was like I knew I was going to have to do things twice as extra hard and the blue pill was going to be, you know, I can go to Georgia or Clemson and places like that and um, walk on. Yeah, I played first year and um, came back, got a scholarship and, you know, rode on out to the sunset and went first round, easy. But who <laughs> wants anything in life when it's, you know, worth, you know, giving it to you? So I was just like, hey, I might as well just go ahead and take this off as a red pill. I knew it was going to be a hard road, but at the end of the day, I knew something was going to pay off in the end and, well, hey, Forgive at me um, yeah, I'm Working in now.
2: Did you um? Did you find the transition from small school to the NFL difficult? I know that uh, I know that, that coach Wilkes said that you know tried to tell you to sort of almost take every play. You don't have to make a big play every play. Uh, more allow the game to come to you, and you'll end up making your the plays that you made but, the Chanticleers. Was that a difficult transition for you?
3: Yeah, because I was making every play out there in Coastal. I mean, it really was. I mean, I wasn't really the... Depending on too many people, I was just trying to do it everything, man. And got here, it was kind of like a big shocker to me because I was trying to make every play for a while, and it was just one of those things where I had to realize that, you know, people have jobs too, and and they do their jobs. You got to do it to the best of their abilities, and and understand that, and help them out as much as I can. But just knowing, in my position, to just do my job and let the plays come to me. If I'm in a great position, they are come. And once I am, capitalize on them. And, you know, I've been doing that, man. Maybe one time, maybe I got out of a position that they could play here and there. But <laughs> it was nothing more, nothing like Coastal Carolina, though.
2: So. Um, Champ, uh, Champ Bailey said that you're, you're the best cornerback in the NFL at the moment. Is he right? who
0: Champ, Champ Bailey said that you're the best oh, uh, corner. You're yeah. the best corner in the NFL right now. Is he right?
3: Well, he ain't wrong. <laughs> 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 I think, I think it was, you know, you know if Champ dub that then I guess uh, he's very credible. I mean, the man played fifteen plus years in the league Well, I don't know, God I man, I know how I many interceptions he had and pro bowls out of this world. I think he probably leading cornerbacks in, like, the entire, like, NFL history and most Pro Bowls ever selected by a cornerback. So... The guy must know where he about.
0: <laughs> Uh Well, it must. I mean, it must really help playing on that defense, though, because I, I look at the, the all the levels of that defense, the linebacking core with Keekly and and Davis and Shaq Thompson coming in there and playing at such a level. K one short is playing lights out on that line. You guys in the backfield seem to be making plays. It, it must be a great unit to be around every day and be working with when you're in this situation.
3: It's a fun unit to be around every day, man. Like, your job, when you come here, sometimes, like I can remember years back, man, it was just a tough, tough experience coming to work every day, man. It was just so hard getting out of bed. So hard to try to come in and and wanna, you know, come up here and spend 12 hours. (laughs) It was. (laughs) It was grueling. But now as I come here, I'm excited when I wake up, get ready to go to work. I am, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be a part of something that's very special. And I can't say I ever did that before um, within my career that I was excited to be somewhere and be a part of a group that's you know, really care about each other. And this is a group that does, and it's kind of crazy in a way, but it's also refreshing, you know, it's very refreshing. And everything is, you know, our arrow is pointing up.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and I think you talk about Arrow pointing up and I ask about that defensive side of the ball, but when I mentioned players who have elevated in the last year, I said you're the top of people's list. I imagine that your quarterback is a guy who's quite near the top of people's list, if not also in and around the same area. People talking about him as being the only player challenging Brady as, as MVP. What's Cam like in the locker room? What's it like to face against him in training and how important is he to you guys' success this year?
3: I think Cam is like a, um, he's a very energetic personality of a guy. Um, he is very outgoing. Um, he wears, you know, his on his sleeve. He's a huge competitor, man. Huge competitor. He never allows to lose. Well, we For saw sure we saw things, in that, things.
0: there was that moment in preseason where the two of you had that bit of fire between you, that bit of competitiveness, mm-hmm. and, and I have to say, I love that. I love to see that there's, and I certainly know your coaches came out and said the same, so is he that fired up day in, day out, week in, week out that you guys do spar in that way?
3: Not literally sure fighting, is. but, you
0: know, on the field.
3: <laughs> sure is. <laughs> sure is, man. The dude is so competitive, man. I'm on the field, and um, is a scout team quarterback and I'm facing another wide receiver. He talking on the sideline like, I bet you couldn't do that to me if I lined up in front of you <laughs> like he was going to be a wide receiver, you know? And I'm like, well, why don't you come over here and put on this jersey then? Why don't you come over here and do that? And that's the type of, you know, that's the kind of competitiveness he have in himself to try to go against. You know, guys like me, guys, you know, that, that he sees that, that that competitive fire that he can get back I think it feeds, like it feeds him, in a way to where he gotta have that. Like I know it feeds me. I gotta have that in order, like to li- like live and survive in this like world of, of NFL that we play in. I gotta have that. that. That feeds me. But for him, I I can see the same thing goes with him. I mean, because he don't want to lose at no ends, no cause, no means. He'll try to win in every way. Fantastic
0: fantastic look there's there's two final things i want to ask you about uh before we sign off and thank you so much you've given us loads of time so do really appreciate it uh first of all you've been in the news obviously this past week for the for the fine you've received from the nfl five thousand dollars for wearing the message proud brave on your cleats um you know there's a debate over whether yeah they have to enforce these rules etc but for the listeners who haven't heard about this just tell us the story behind proud brave and, and, and the reason you wore those this weekend
3: well, you know, I, I wore them just to um, salute the troops, man, really, because they protect our, you know, the um, United States in, in such a big way. And it's, it's crazy and it's unbelievable how they give their lives up so we can live in freedom and in peace. Man. If somebody could lay down their life for us, um, sacrifice greater than themselves for others, I mean, there's no bigger message than that and, and the proud and the brave like my own grandfather he um was a surgeon in uh, the korean war and when they had um, on a over there his company you know he saw his team well his whole company blow up in front of him so it was like he was the only guy that you know left out of the company when he was the gunner and it was kind of crazy he saw that because when he was the only one to survive like he could have been killed, so if that was the case, his whole company and him gone, then, hey, we wouldn't have been here today, so to speak, because, you know, he had my father and then my dad had me, and if it wasn't no Ed, it wouldn't no Josh, so
0: hey i i i think what i'd say is that sounds like five thousand dollars well spent to me um we, we started yeah, it was man <laughs> proud and brave proud and brave we started off our chat talking about the record overall uh the packers have looked fallible the last couple of weeks you're in pole position for a a home run in the playoffs and just for you as a carolina lad as a, a college grad in the state playing in charlotte how key and special to you will it be playing those games in charlotte and also how key is it for the team that people are gonna to have to come and beat you in your house potentially.
3: It's big. It's big time man. Because you gotta come here, our fans are just they rabbit. They're loud. <laughs> I mean they're on our back defense, this it is wild to play in here in make America Stadium. And come down here and play on this grass field in the backyard, this open bowl. Oh my gosh, this this is nothing like the feeling of playing here. And if you come here, you're going to know you're going to get hit in the mouth. That's first and foremost. You're going to play a physical style of play the whole four quarters. You're not going to give in because you do. We're going to take that as weakness, and we're going to take advantage of it. And so teams, I, I feel like if they come here, they they know what kind of game they're going to get themselves into. So you ask, you might as well just scrap on some tape because it's going to be one of those games. <laughs> cause you're going to have to switch off. Something else, so... Super. It's kind of what you're going to face when you get here.
0: I love that. I love that. And I want to finish by asking about two goals. So let me set the scene for you. We're San Francisco. It's the Saturday night before the Super Bowl, end of season awards. What are the chances and the hopes for you that we hear the words Defensive Player of the Year, Josh Norman?
3: Oh, my God. That would be everything I've worked for. Like, everything that I sacrificed from, oh, man, back to when I was getting ready to play football and coming over into, you know, leaving from Greenwood to Coastal to come here and go through what I went through here. And then now playing and, you know, being over top of a mall, man, it's just an indescribable feeling. I don't know if I'll be able to contain myself because of how much I've been through and and, and, and overcame and overcome just by, you know, outside of, you know, oppression and then, you know, just guy being with me through the whole time. It it, it would be like I said, undescribable feeling to the point where I couldn't put in words. I'd probably just break down at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well well the
0: fact <laughs> is, is is fingers crossed and I mean this in the nicest way possible, you won't be there because what are the chances you're not at the award because you're preparing for the Panthers' return to the Super Bowl after a twelve year absence?
3: Well hey, that'd be the ultimate that'll be the ultimate goal. I mean, I know I have my individual goals, but the ultimate goal is to be in San Francisco. Bearing on, hands down, is to be there and be in the Super Bowl 50. It gets no bigger than 50, man. It gets no bigger. <laughs> I mean, when you look back over it all through the years, they're going to see number one and number 50. They want to know those two, you know, who were those two teams, kind of. And then everything else in between, they'll look through. But 50 and number one is the... They want to know who started it and who was at, like, a, a, a mark to where number 50. And if it continues to go to 100, they'll want to know who at 100, you know? <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at with that. Josh,
0: we're going to be out there in February, and we, we desperately hope that we get to see you out there, too, and I'd love to, to shake your hand as a Super Bowl winner. So good luck to you for the Titans this weekend and for the rest of the season, and, and hopefully you achieve both of those dreams. Me too, man. I tell you, i will be super blessed. If so, awesome, Josh. That was a really, really great <laughs> chat to you. Thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you, guys. For me. Appreciate it. Well, I'm absolutely delighted that we got to speak with. He's having a phenomenal season, and he was a great interview. And yeah, that was really, that was really good fun. So. Delighted for the Panthers. Really glad of the position they're in. And, and interestingly, Don Schuler this week, who actually is a man we're trying to get on the podcast at some point, not too in the not too distant future. I have a phone number for Don Shula. Oh. We will be doing our best to get him on in the not too distant future. But he said that he'd love to see the Panthers. Do, go the distance and become the second undefeated team of all time he didn't say the same about the Bengals he didn't say the same about the Patriots but he said he'd love to see the Panthers go all the way so I thought that was fascinating uh that the man himself is saying that very thing shall we talk about the game in question though yeah do it uh we're starting off obviously we'll start off with the carolina side of the ball they're 8 and 0 traveling to the 2 and 6 tennessee titans tennessee desperate to claw their way uh out of the basement of the afc south uh no no injury reports for carolina at all they look like they're at full strength uh, across the backfield and across the offense and overall i mean I don't think there's a huge amount to say about this game i think that they just match up brilliantly against the titans in all areas i think that marcus mariotta looked very very good last week but he's going to have a much tougher job up against the panthers backfield the if they can get pass rush up the middle which is the titans line has been good and has been good all year uh but uh, carolina just looked good at every phase they look good at every level really really impressed with them and i expect them to go to tennessee and get a win
1: yeah me too i, I can't really look past Anything other than that, the Tennessee Titans, their defence is um, it's a little bipolar. Sometimes, some weeks it's great and some, other, some weeks it's not. And against a, a Carolina defence and the way and how um, dominant they've been against everyone, uh, my only th- thought could be a Panthers win.
0: Now, obviously, we've, we've touched on the Panthers quite a lot already at this point. Uh, the, the, uh, the fact is that they have had a few tight games this year. Uh, in the fourth quarter this year they're only 55 and 54 against opposition uh, they've won games like the 29-26 overtime win against the Colts Green Bay they want to get by the single score 37 to 29 they've had some of those seriously tight games this year and for the Titans I mean we we did put it out gridironpod at gmail.com and we've had a couple of emails in and one of them has come in from Adam Foxcroft regular tweeter to the show uh, we ask when we ask on Twitter we ask for your questions your thoughts your abuse because we welcome abuse and your old predictions or nonsense and he's given us a combination of those different things um he first of all he asked who is warren moon who good uh if you don't know that in joke just please don't worry about it we all are aware that he is a two-time hall of fame quarterback and an absolute legend and friend of the show uh uh, in terms of abuse he uh said that this is listen to this only an absolute neanderthal dredged up from the sewer puts sweet corn in a chili con carne Come on, man, you'll be putting pineapple on pizza next. You love pineapple on pizza. I'm not actually a big fan of pineapple on pizza, but I don't mind it. I'll eat it. I'm not one of these people who thinks it's disgraceful, but I just all meat. All meats I'm fine with. But this is the big thing. He said he thinks the Titans can win the AFC South if they beat Carolina on Sunday, and he thinks that because the Panthers have been in close games, the Titans' weapons are looking good, Dorial Green Beckham's stepping up, as he has been in the last two weeks, and he had a big, big game last week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We saw Delaney Walker have a big game. We saw saw, Mario to have a... Timeless game, a, a record breaking game for a rookie, he thinks the Titans are gonna win. Hashtag bold prediction. Hashtag Let's get hysterical, hysterical. I wanna get
1: hysterical. I played the full version, I didn't mean to. <laughs> well thanks for that, mate. It got me thinking though,
0: um someone I know has pineapple on their burger. Oh, a pineapple on a certain type of burgers. Like a like a, a chicken burger for a burger. No, no, no. With like jalapenos.
1: A, no, a, a proper beef burger with not, pineapple. Never on beef. If anyone else has that, at Gridironers.
0: That's a disgrace. Right, let's, <laughs> let's power through the rest of these games then. Do you mean
1: it's the AFC disgrace? <laughs> because
0: these six o'clock games are not a particularly attractive bunch, I have to say. Um, there's, a, there's, yeah. a, there's a couple of intriguing games but only intriguing not phenomenal games we'll, let's start off with the battle in the nfc north your green bay packers on a two-game slides taking on the detroit lions the lions obviously at one and seven coming off their bye week having lost so spectacularly in london calvin johnson is expected to play after he exited the wembley game with a rolled ankle mike mccarthy announced today that James Starks is the number one running back over Fat Eddie Lacey coming into this week. (laughs) He's still planning it to be a one-two punch, but he has named... And that's what he said in his press conference. Fat Eddie Lacey, you're out, mate. (laughs) <laughs> Will he forever
1: now be known as Fat Eddie?
0: Well, I him and Fat David Cobb are kind of, but the two of them. David Cobb's come back from this long-term injury. I don't know if you've seen any training videos. The man is chubby. I have not seen any. Uh, so he's uh, lucky. He's lucky that he is on the same team as the human bowling ball. Because if he wasn't on the same team as Mike Tolbert, we would, yeah, <laughs> he, he would not. He would not get away with looking as big as he does. He, they're, they're expecting David Cobb, even though they think he can take the number one job in uh, in. 10 we've talked too much about the Titans now they think he's gonna take a couple of weeks to get back to fitness understandably so tubby they tubby they all need to meet fat Ronaldo <laughs> <laughs> be amazing so the Packers are you know, things falling apart in Green Bay we saw them having a ruck on the sideline Julius Peppers and ha ha Clinton Dix having out before BJ Raji got involved as well your your mate BJ uh the it seems to be imploding a little bit in green bay is this the perfect game for your packers to bounce back and get back into uh, the swing of fans
1: utterly so uh, detroit haven't won in green bay in 20 years i think it's
0: 23
1: consecutive losses tw- there. there we go 23 consecutive losses <laughs> in green bay which is incredible uh, the lions okay they'll, they'll be slightly fresher than than green bay but these teams are used to having a week off or or, or coming back from the bye Green Bay need this game against the Lions. They need it so badly because of that little fracas. I think all of that will be swept under the carpet. But Aaron Rodgers needs a a, a porous defense to be able to get his mojo back. We saw a little bit of it in in, uh, garbage time last week. But I think... With James Starks now considered as the one punch over Fat Eddie, <laughs> um, <laughs> Fat Eddie, <laughs> I, I, I've picked the Lion, uh, the Lion. I've picked the Packers, but uh, again, I'm slightly worried about it. I'm, uh, I'm. It's, it's around the 11 point mark, which is the kind of the what uh, the bookies are saying at the moment, anyway. So I reckon a, t- a touchdown and a field goal difference, the Lions will cause a few problems with Calvin Johnson. Uh, but uh, as we know Matt Stafford sucks so... You want, you
0: want my money? I think the Packers bounce back full on blowout this week. They win by twenty plus points. Yes. uh New Orleans in Washington. Now the reason I put this as the second game is because it's kind of sneakily got playoff implications. New Orleans lost obviously last week against the Titans, having gone on a fantastic run before that. Uh, they've won three of their last four uh, to move back up to four and five. Of course, they're not in the NFC South race. We know that the Panthers are dominating that at the moment with the faltering Falcons in second. But they do have a chance of the wild card, whereas it. Washington aren't that far back in the uh, NFC uh, East race, and uh, yeah, with the Cowboys still looking terrible, with the Giants looking undecided, with the Eagles a roller coaster of a team. They beat the Saints today, then they're kind of right back in it. Sunday, yeah. So- what you've got is a Washington
1: defense that, uh, apart from a, maybe a, a quarter, quarter and a half against New England, had a really good game against the Patriots, and they're going up a, up against the Saints. Offense, which is on fire at the moment, especially through the air. The run, the running, the rushing is not going great. Uh, Mark and, Ingram, and the, the Washington defense, particularly good when rushing. Exactly. So you've got that, and actually, the New Orleans Saints rushing defense is not too bad, and the Washington and their, um, the Washington aren't getting too much going on rush at the moment, anyway. But the New Orleans Saints passing defense is terrible, but Washington conversely can't get much going at all on passing
0: new orleans just to give you their defensive stats they are amongst the league's worst giving up nearly 30 points a game and 415 yards allowed per game uh despite the fact they've got the three game winning streak don't forget that included the 52 49 victory over the giants and whilst i don't think this is going to be another hundred point game don't be surprised if this game comes out at 70 plus points because these are two not very good secondaries up against two pretty good passing offenses actually kirk cousins after i three or four weeks ago shouted for him to be benched has been marginally impressive recently um and I, yeah i i mean i've gone for um a i've gone for a washington win actually i thought i'd gone for a saints win but apparently i've gone for a washington win i'm going to stick with it because that's what i've pressed
1: well i've gone for a washington win as well but i need to make up some uh i need to make up some some games on you guys so that's a live switch back to the saints
0: have i gone for them yep i went for washington just double yeah. checking i've gone uh, saints i, I ticked it on my sheet and everything uh another gamer which uh, looks again intriguing more because Miami is such a Miami uh, came back off the buy and off the sacking of their coach Dan Campbell won the first two games in such impressive fashion and then lost the last two in quite devastating fashion traveling into Philadelphia whose offense over the last couple of weeks finally looks like the offense particularly as they did against the um particularly as they did against the Cowboys last weekend when they were getting all their snaps off within 15 seconds where they got a huge number of plays off where the offense was balanced brilliantly between run and and pass and Jordan Matthews finally got going Going. i like this game because i really think the eagles are going to put up thir- a good 35 40 points here and finally start to take some control in the east and it's going to be a battle between them and the giants the rest of the way and i really like that
1: i like that as well especially with dallas falling out of favor and um, i think that sort of a trail ahead but i think that dallas will lose this week uh Ooh. in this one i think the eagles um will hurt the Dolphins <laughs> I think they they um, the, the Eagles are smarting alright they won last week but I think they want to make a statement this is how we play this is what we're going to do the Dolphins are not a good football team um, Dan Campbell has not done or, or not continued to do what his uh, first two games promised and I think the Eagles will win by, by a good 20 points
0: I think weight going down is a huge thing yeah, as well. huge. we've said it a lot of times for the Dolphins but after their slow start, DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews have made a potent combo the last few weeks combined for 620 rushing yards and six touchdowns in the last four games. Much better than the 179 and two scores they totaled weeks one through four. So they've got really got that going and Miami's rush defence, even with Sue in there, has not been what we hoped it would be this year. I am taking the Eagles with a big win. dis fantastic now a game we've weirdly had a, a huge amount of contact about maybe it's because of the lamarcus Joyner thing maybe it's just because there are a lot of bears fans in the uk but chicago bears travel to the st louis rams uh, neil dustin sends the bowl prediction which was no one will get injured sliding on the concrete at the edward jones dome this week of course that concrete around the outside has caused Reggie Bush's knee to blow out. He is suing the city of St. Louis, as we understand, and it also uh, caused Kirk Cousins to slide into the wall and smash his shoulder. It might not be Alshon Jeffrey, because he's out of training with a groin strain, but it very well could be, because if he's in the game, I bet he finds some way to get bloody injured.
1: <laughs> yeah, he probably will. Whenever he's played, Alshon Jeffrey, I think it's four times this season, the Bears have looked really good, and he's had fantastic games. Um up against the Rams passing defense which isn't that great you could see another big day for Jay Cutler Um, against the Chargers on Monday Jay Cutler threw for 345 yards they finished on a season's best of 446 total yards this is an offence that's starting to find its rhythm finding its gear Jeremy Langford looked pretty good as well
0: I think my concern there and Forte might be back this weekend there's a real problem with John Fox being a bit sly with the injury report But uh, even with Forte back even with Langford looking very good last week this Rams defense is amazing yeah I mean <laughs> we keep pretty, pretty it. good, yeah. It was the first time Chicago had gone over 100 in the last five games with their 109 rushing yards. Uh, second most of the season, as you said. Um, yeah, I, I, I the, my problem here is that I don't see the Bears' offense going unless Alshon Jeffries is in there, and it's looking like he might not be. Uh, I have taken the Rams at home. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, i the Rams. I didn't know that Jeffrey might be out, so yeah, definitely the Rams. Uh, even even without, I never go Bears.
0: teniel has <laughs> tweeted us a hashtag bowl prediction saying Sanu might throw for more yards than Foles this week, and this is the other problem is that the uh, you can beat the Bears secondary. It's not very good. But Foles is the first player since 2008 to go seven straight games with at least 20 pass attempts, but less than 200 passing yards. It's not a good passing offence. It's all about the amazing Todd Gurley. It's all about Tavon Austin on gadget plays when they're faking it to Todd Gurley. Uh, If the Bears can flood the box a little bit maybe they can get going there but my I imagine this game being gritty I imagine Gurley getting a lot of yards and probably a couple of scores and that's how it's going to happen
1: yeah me the same I've, I've gone Rams
0: Tony also tweeted us asking, uh, where's Welker's back in this game? That's something that happened uh, after our show finished recording last week. Uh, uh, he asked us, saying, why are doctors happy to advise Dennis Pitter to stop playing uh, when they're happy to allow Wes Welker to? Surely the brain is worse. Now, Dennis Pitter has gone on season-ending IR, I believe, with a foot injury. I need to double-check that, potentially, but... um Wes Welker, I, J, I am really concerned, Wes Welker is a guy, I think he might be, he's in the conversation as the best slot receiver of all time, he's in that top two or three conversation, what he did when he was at the Patriots was phenomenal, he was on two phenomenal offences, including the 2007 Patriots and the 2013 Broncos, record-breaking offences, but he's never been a guy to shy away from challenges over the middle, one of the reasons he's so good is because he makes those slant routes, he makes those cutting-in routes, and he's willing to take contact from safeties and contact from linebackers and he's taken a lot of hits in his career and he was forced to retire because of the concussion and i really really am concerned about i'm going to spend this whole game wincing anytime anyone goes anywhere near him
1: yeah me too it's the whole brain concussion thing the nfl has tried to take it far more seriously but you've got to question letting a guy who has had problems with this come back into the game um also what are the rams doing signing okay he is a great slot receiver but what are they doing signing a guy with that potentially that issue
0: it's it's an odd one it really it it really seems bizarre to me i mean we know that steadman bailey was going to be out for the season and there aren't a huge amount of options out there but yeah it was welker seems like an odd one to me
1: Terrell Owens is still available.
0: <laughs> as he likes to tell everyone at yeah. every possible opportunity. <laughs> Go out and watch his football life. It's phenomenal. It is phenomenal, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the last of the early games, Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Jake Viney tweeted us saying, any other the QBs milk injuries as much as Big Ben. Looks like he <laughs> could be playing on Sunday. And it is true. He's He's got this interesting thing, Big Ben. He's one of the toughest players in the league. He often plays through injuries, but he loves telling you he's playing through injuries. He regularly makes a point of saying, guys, through injuries, I'm, I'm injured. I'm going to be, this is tough. So, yeah. I
1: Dropped. think it might be a bit of diff- um, subterfuge, as it were. I, I I, think there's no chance that he'll play. The way that he was carried off. Jarvis Landry, they're, they're talking about Jarvis Landry playing. Uh, no, Landry Jones. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, you did it, it was- Uh, Landry Jones um, is playing. Cam Hayward, defensive um, guy for the Steelers, has said, we've got to rally round Um, Landry Jones.
0: Yes, that's him. Got to rally round him. Defensive end as well, not defensive guy. That's not a position in the NFL. Well, you know.
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, the Browns haven't won in in Pittsburgh since 2003. That's 12 straight games. I'm going the Steelers.
0: Yeah, I'm taking the Steelers as well. I think this is a big D'Angelo-Williams game, even though the Browns have one of the better rushing defences. It looks like McCown is going to come in uh, if he's fit enough to play. The man Mike sucks. has decided that that's going to be the way that they play things. Uh, as it stands, I mean, Pittsburgh 5-4, and four, preparing to start Jones. They go to a bye week next week. They win. I mean, he was good when he played. 4-6 for 79 in his first game. 16-29 for 209. and That's more than uh, Nick Foles has been throwing for. You know, he's he looks like... An an okay competent backup which is not what he looked like in preseason at all If you can get antonio brown into this game they're gonna have no problem whatsoever they move to six and four that you know they're pretty much locking up that fifth seed particularly when big ben comes back as well um and if deandre williams can stay productive i got deandre williams in an amazing trade today in fantasy and I, oh. no, I know no one likes to hear about fantasy but i was really pleased and i think he's going to carry me to a championship is that any of the
1: leagues that i'm involved in no it's not good no, it's
0: not. <laughs> then i don't care either uh, uh we had an interesting email from a paul woolridge uh Woldridge. yeah Woolridge. there's an extra d in there um it's a long email, so I won't go into it in full. And I think it's something that's probably something for us to do in the off-season. Maybe we'll do something in the off-season about um, uh, m- maligned franchises. Franchises we don't talk about as much and how they can turn their time around, maybe get some former and current players on, etc. How would you feel about that, Ollie?
1: Yeah, sounds good.
0: But he says, Greetings, I'm a relatively new follower of the NFL and even more recent follower of your podcast. I've only been following the NFL the last two years and decided to support a team to make it more enjoyable. Now, I'm defiantly not a glory hunter, unlike Ollie. Uh, he, doesn't hey. he doesn't say that. <laughs> and wanted a team with a history, strong characteristics, and being from the black country, I like the idea of a maligned industrial city whose river was so polluted it caught fire so I'm now a Browns fan uh, <laughs> oh dear uh, he says I know we're abysmal abysmal I've learned that quickly uh, but firstly he asked us not to snigger every time we mentioned Cleveland's finest uh, we we kind of both just did that sorry um, we we don't do it too much he says I may only be two seasons to my Browns fandom but I already feel like I'm in an abusive relationship and then he asked a series of questions to us of uh, what we think of the team what we think of how they can improve do we think how much Mike Pettin's to blame etc etc so there's some real in-depth stuff in there he wants to ask about and, i i think honestly from the the strength of the email and it's a great email um uh, we could always do a whole show on it so i think we save it for the off season and we do something on franchises which we don't talk about as much
1: i think that's a great idea
0: fantastic uh it's a, a guy called paul paul waldridge thank you very much for your email he also said he's invested in a new in a new browns journey jersey he said he chickened out of choosing a name and a number can you get them with just nothing on the back i don't Why think that i've ever seen out? of doing that? Uh, well because he because he'd end up getting you know a. a
1: andrew hawkins
0: yeah (laughs) uh see we're not meant to sneak he said that specifically right um but get you know to get jim brown's name on there or something like that get a classic player on there don't just don't try and get a current player because you don't know how long they're going to be on the team for joe hayden is probably the one i would choose from the current squad but i don't know what his contract situation is like that's just come off the top of my head again talked a lot about the browns and the titans on this podcast sorry about that
1: and you we've we've done what you said we don't do enough of during that email
0: talking about terrible teams <laughs> yeah. uh, la- a couple more of the I said that was the last of the early games it wasn't there are two more early games I'm sure people will have noticed that Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and we've had a hilarious incident today involving one Mr. Des Bryant his frustrations boiled over during a heated verbal exchange with a local reporter uh, it, Bryant told the reporter that how he was upset that his name had appeared in some articles his name had appeared in some tweets where he's portrayed in inaccurate fashion uh, he said until they stopped dis Disrespecting the team and I'm gonna time code this before I say it because I know I'm gonna have to beep it out He said I'm tired of people disrespecting the team. I don't give a f- motherfucking sick Brian yelled at this reporter Incredible scenes apparently some audio here How
2: about y'all fix this s**t, sh- How about you fix it,
3: Rich?
2: You talking to the wrong people you talking to the wrong people.
3: Well, i will make sure I put it out there, so y'all not gonna say nothing. I'm gonna make sure Doc on the street. <laughs> I'm gonna post that on Twitter, and then I'm gonna let them know why. Is, why I do this? Why I do this? I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it be known why I do it. And 30, they dirty. They dirty all of them, and especially you.
0: Wow. Wow! So uh, we didn't hear the specific audio there that I was mentioning, but we certainly heard plenty of audio, uh, and uh, <laughs> that's going to take a little bit of editing for me. But uh, yeah, so Des not happy. Uh, the problem is Des is that your team's two and six, and I don't know about you, but with the way James Winston's played the last few weeks, and with still the lack of um, the, the lack of Romo in that backfield, I've gone for Tampa Bay this weekend. I've gone the Bucks. I've gone the Bucks because. I, I, it's probably a terrible decision. Lovey Smith will do something stupid and lose this game. That's what's actually probably going to happen. But, <laughs> it's but, most likely to happen. <laughs> if, if I could bet on that, I don't know if that's something you can bet on. But if I could, I think I would bet on that. But uh, they are—they can run the ball, Dallas. McFadden's look good, but Tampa Bay have Gerald McCoy. They've—they're not terrible in that part of the field. They're not great in the backfield. I don't see their passing offense getting going. Winston's been impressive recently. Um, yeah, I, I actually see, I see this as a Bucks win.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, Doug Martin, Charles Sims are looking okay, all right. Both of them fumbled last week, but you'd expect them to bounce back from from that this week. Uh, Dallas Cowboys haven't looked great against the rush. Their um, their um, secondary isn't isn't good either. Sean Lee has to be fit, uh, and he often goes down. In, during every game actually with an injury i've gone the buccaneers as well
0: and the thing is for me the big part the other big part is sean lee he's so huge this defense has always been weaker whenever he's out of there byron jones is gonna be back this weekend but uh uh, yeah all in all i just think that this incredibly talent rich cowboys team uh, just aren't quite there yet and it's about next season now what's the last game uh jags at ravens yeah dennis pitter heading to season uh, ending ir blake bortles said before this game he believes the jags are just a small step away from turning these tight defeats into wins i've taken the jags i've
1: taken the jags
0: and i've <sighs> taken the jags because mainly i love the jags no other justifiable reason the the thing i want to talk about this game very quickly before we uh, move on and go to the late games because i don't think it's something we need to cover in any depth these are both teams not going to the playoffs uh is well the jags still could the jags still could absolutely we said it about the afc south let's let them win this afc weekend disgrace before i'm not gonna the afc disgrace sorry uh, let's let them win this weekend before i get excited about that but i wondered if you'd heard this ollie
2: that's why men cry for women that's why women women i slow down to to honor a woman am sorry for the
1: thoughts is that ray
0: rice it's ray lewis ray lewis's oh. new single the uh, little snippet that he's put out on instagram today uh it's dreadful it's really really bad why pick that bit of the song where he just kind of stops the song and then goes into the chorus it's bizarre
1: and I apologize to all women out there that I said that was Ray Rice
0: uh yeah good yeah I <laughs> I, I I chose to ignore that you glossed br- over it No, yeah I glossed over it you've brought it back up well, well I need well I needed
1: to apologize I was right I've gone the Jags because that's a terrible song don't ever play that again ever we late did, games
0: we did have one more tweet about the Cowboys game if you want to do it quickly Go on. would you take a super bowl victory for your team Ooh. if greg hardy had to be the mvp um defensive
1: players are never the mvp so it's, it's not a, true it's a stupid question
0: seahawks, when was the last seahawks two years ago
1: oh yeah okay fine
0: that random linebacker whose name i can't remember when it definitely should have been somebody much better but anyway
1: i'm not sure it's a tough one probably i dropped greg hardy from my uh, fa- One of my fantasy teams this week.
0: I saw you do that. I nearly picked him up because I'm shameless.
1: Well, I I dropped him because I felt guilty for having
0: him. <laughs> so, th- but uh, yeah, I, uh, I think I'm actually going to say no. Do you know what? I I dislike him that much that I would rather not win the Super Bowl. I think he's than have bad him on my team.
1: I think he's a bad person and i don't want him anywhere near my franchise
0: okay let's get on to the late games we are running a little bit long on the show but it's been a great show fantastic interview all the previews don't forget that on monday's show we're going to be bringing you the live reaction of the person who wins the afc and nfc championship game tickets uh three great games in the late games this weekend starting off with the minnesota vikings traveling to the oakland raiders teddy bridgewater it looks like he will play the vikings have the second best scoring defense in the league but the raiders this is a great stat have gone over 30 points in four games this season. That's more than they did in the previous four seasons. Wow, that is a great stat. This is a great offence. Well, it's a good offence and a half-decent defence. And this is a winnable game at home, and we we wanted to say we had to take them seriously if they beat the Steelers last weekend. I still think we take them seriously because of the performance against the Steelers. Car throwing that pick late was unfortunate, but if Carr can drive this team down the field, <clears throat> then the Oakland Raiders have a real chance uh, here, and I have picked them at home against the Vikings.
1: Yeah, I've also picked them at home against the Vikings.
0: It's getting almost uh, boring at this
1: point. Yeah, you know, I really like Derek Carr. Um, he's on pace for four thousand yards. The only, the, only the third ever person to do that in the in Oakland's history or the Raiders' history. Um, the way he's he's finding and utilizing Crabtree and uh, Amari Cooper, who's looking an absolute stud. The only thing is the the Minnesota Vikings' passing defense is fantastic. Sixth,
0: um, sixth ranked in the league.
1: Yeah, and that's that's not to be sniffed at. When you've got a clutch clutch kicker, kick watching Blair Walsh um it could come down to that because these are two very very good teams uh would pains me to say it about the vikings 108 yards per game um ap is is averaging you'd expect him to, to do well on that again
0: yeah i don't think the raiders run defense has been good this season but ap is the best they've come up against averaging as you say 108 yards over the last three weeks 4.8 yards a carry if they get ap going and bridgewater is back i would I think the Vikings have a real chance here. This is a coin flip game, but certainly if Bridgewater's missing and Sean Hill's in, and if the Raiders can stop Peterson from going over 100 and and contain him a bit, then the Raiders will win.
1: Yeah, um, Raiders will win. Stefan Diggs is uh, looking really, really good, but i don't trust even if bridgewater is back i don't really trust bridgewater through the air anyway i don't get what other people see in bridgewater i just don't get
0: it well i think he's the ultimate kind of he's the modern game manager he's the new alex smith and when he has got the run game going and he's got his weapons all operating and doing well we saw alex smith can do when he was in london he can do good things and bridgewater is similar to that he's not going to necessarily lose you a game but he's also not necessarily going to win you the game if he needs to you need to put it on his shoulders i don't know if he's that guy Uh, well he did it last week yeah okay Screw you. Chiefs at at Broncos. We know that uh, this is an interesting one. Chiefs off the bye having played at Wembley. Tlaib has lost his appeal. He is suspended for the game for his poke in the eye. Demarcus Ware, who's been so good this year, is going to be missing as well. Although Shaquille Mm. Barrett, who... Shaquille Barrett has, was brilliant when he yeah. stepped in for the one game that DeMarcus Ware missed previously. I think he had three and a half sacks that day, another four tackles loss. He had a ludicrous game. All I remember it was
1: 18 fantasy points, and it was marvellous.
0: Yeah, and he's in my fantasy team this week. <laughs> um, he is uh, So there is potential here, with those players missing off that Broncos defence, and the Chiefs playing as well as they did in London. Is there any part of you that's leaning towards taking the Chiefs, or will Denver off the back of that loss bounce back?
1: Off the back of Talib. Going out or not be or being suspended. I'm going the Chiefs. Wow, I, I, I've got to make up my
0: I've got to make up my picks on um Gridiron Predictor game. Don't Don't forget uh, talking about those two players. Where had a sack and Taleb had an interception in the thirty-one twenty-four Thursday night football Denver win, and they they won that game because DeMar Charles coughed the ball up. It was yeah. going to overtime. Yeah, so I think it was a tight tight game early this year, and that caused Kansas to spiral, and they're now on an upwards turn that defense has been brilliant we love that defense they're all our best friends now after being in the locker room i don't dislike the pick i have taken the broncos
1: though. i've gone chiefs um they've had that extra amount of time to rest and prepare the broncos coming off uh, i think actually quite a damaging defeat psychologically uh out in, in indianapolis i'm going um, going the
0: chiefs fantastic right uh last few games then next one up is the new england patriots traveling to the new york giants chris tweets are saying i have a sneaky feeling that the giants are going to actually beat the patriots then again, my last such feeling was when I thought Miami might do the same. Uh, the, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Pierre-Paul has come out and said this week that he isn't intimidated by the prospect of facing Tom Brady. We know that line is missing a huge number of players for the Patriots, as we talked about earlier in the week. They are 8-0. He said they're undefeated, but they have to come through here, said the big one-and-a-half-handed defensive end. And Tom Marshall did ask us how the hell is a man with only one-and-a-half hands meant to get to Tom Brady in under two seconds. His release is so quick. Uh, Edelman could have a big game today Uh, Tom Coughlin admitted that he regretted not signing Julian Edelman when they brought him in for a free agent visit before he signed in New England but this is one of those games that the Giants just seem to have had the Patriots number over recent years they uh, of course the Patriots have only had uh, two before this run they're on now they've only had two previous 10 plus game winning streaks in their history both of them were ended by the New York Giants admittedly both of those were in Super Bowls but that has something to say for it. And they're actually 3-0 and against them in that period because they also went to Foxborough and beat them. So the Giants' record over the Patriots is excellent. They beat them in Super Bowl forty two, They beat them in Super Bowl forty six. But in the year that the Patriots are going out and seeking revenge on everyone, after what they went through in the off-season, I think this is the time when the Giants' record against the Patriots finally falls, and I have taken the New England Patriots.
1: I've gone the Patriots as well, but the Giants have really... Um they're no longer that much of a joke football team. I think the way that they lost to the Saints in that crazy game—that could have gone easy, either way—but um, to come back against the Bucks and kind of win that and sort of convincingly as well—I I think my Either is, way, yeah, either way, it's got to be the Pats.
0: I think my problem is the Giants have this—they in their mind they've got this bend don't break defense. They get a lot of takeaways. They give up a lot of yardage, but with that style of defense, you're meant to give up a lot of yardage without giving up a lot of points. Uh, they've still been giving up a lot of points. Their red zone defense is terrible. Uh, so, w- whilst I like the fact that they get a lot of picks, they force fumbles, they win the b- where they win the ball back and give Eli short field. Then that's my concern is that against a better offense than some of those they faced, they won't be able to put it together. Two more games in really intriguing Sunday night football game as the Arizona Cardinals travel to the Seattle Seahawks off the back of the bye. Uh, of course, the Cardinals uh, at six and two have been one of the most impressive teams in the league this season, but have lost two very close games, probably ones they should have won. Um, but when they entered Century F- Linkfield last November, they were at nine and one and owned a, a three game advantage on Seattle. Seattle were coming off the back of their bye. They won that game 19-3, to went on to win their last five games, including the second game over Arizona, and won the NFC West. Is this the week that Seattle are finally going to shake the cobwebs off and turn this team around, or do you think the problems they've had this year are genuine problems which will carry on?
1: Uh, the latter. The latter. I think the genuine Ooh-hoo. problems will carry on. I've picked the Cardinals in this one. I like Carson Palmer. I like what they're doing with the offense. The defense, I mean... It really speaks for itself. They're fantastic to watch on defense. It could be a battle of two defenses. And I think the Arizona Cardinals will be able to flush out um, Russell Wilson enough uh, to make it so that he can't continue to extend the plays throughout an entire game. And the Cardinals really are the only way to go. I've, I've I've taken I've, the Seahawks just
0: oh. off the back of the bye at home in but division but the Cardinals are off
1: the back of the bye they
0: are but it's at home it's in the division I love the Cardinals I've talked about it a huge amount on this show but uh, yeah I, I think that this is the I think this is the, uh, the this is the game where they start to turn it around and actually when you look at the Seahawks schedule coming up beyond this game they're at home the next two at against the 49ers against the, a very winnable game against the Steelers uh, I I It really pains me to say this, but I think the Seahawks are probably at this point because of the ease of their next three, two games after this. If they win this weekend, they go into the playoffs. If they lose this weekend, I think they might miss out and you hope so fingers crossed yeah, fingers, fingers crossed. Um, crossed uh final game of the weekend is the houston texans at the cincinnati bengals on monday night football we are running incredibly long uh, so just tell me what you think of this game i have gone for the bengals to move to nine and oh
1: massive win for the bengals nine and oh
0: Beautiful. I think we all know why with both of those. We also had some more tweets to do at the end of the show, but we genuinely have run out of time. So, uh, at Gridiron on Twitter. If you enjoyed the interview, please tweet us. Please tweet the Panthers, thanking them for, for helping us get the, that player on. See what I'm doing there? Uh, thank you to everyone that's got in touch with us at Gridiron as well and Gridiron-magazine.com. Keep checking out Sports Travel Tours at SportsTravelTours.com. If you are a listener and a subscriber and you subscribed before November, keep your phone on on Monday evening. We will be calling someone and telling them live on the show that they have won the trip to the AFC or NFC Championship game. Tickets, flights, accommodation, the lot. It's a wonderful bundle, it's a brilliant prize, and we'll announce it on the Monday-slash-Tuesday-morning show. Oli, before we depart, is there anything you would like to add? Yeah, I saw a 30 for 30, I think, uh, documentary
1: (laughs) on ESPN on (laughs) Pete Carroll. Yeah, and your feeling on the Stanford uh, situation.
0: Tight spiral balls. Well, Ooh. OK, you don't need to say, go into that, Ollie, but what did you think? Because you're not a big Pete Carroll fan. Not a big Ke- Pete Carroll fan. I, I, I'm still not. Fine. I thought he might win you over when you saw his behaviour and what he was like in college, but uh, obviously not. No, uh, because
1: he knew. He knew. And if you've seen the seen it or you know what's going, what it's all about, he knew, and I dislike him for it
0: brilliant right uh always a pleasure ollie uh, to speak to you on the line so i don't have to spend too much time with you in a sweaty little studio yeah let's let's watch the games on sunday i don't know where yet uh uh, otherwise thank you very much everyone for getting in touch enjoying the games uh, enjoying listening to us all the love we got for the lamarcus joiner stuff if you want to suggest any recipes that we can try out and bring in studio please do that as well we'll come up with a witty name and some music for that feature as well Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours. We love you all. Very good.
1: Cheltenham Festival, Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play or to-win game. Head to betway.com to play now.
3: Up next, more horses. Horse, 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 horse. Horse, 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 horse,
1: horse, <coughs> Full-time apply. 18 plus only, begambleaware.org.